Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to my podcast, Student of the Universe, where I talk about astrology, spirituality, and anything else that just interests me. You might have noticed from the title of this episode that I am featuring a Virgo again, but this time it's actually not Lisa. Surprisingly, I have yet another Virgo friend to fill my earth void, and that would be Jenny. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so every time I invite a friend on my podcast for the first time, they fucking whisper the first word. (laughs) It's like, who are you whispering to? Like, they can just turn up the volume and you're there. But anyways, do you mind if I share your chart? Like, how do you feel about the privacy? Oh, yeah, let's talk about okay, the chart. Okay, okay, good. Because, I like, enjoy it, so. Because, like, Lisa is very private, so she gets embarrassed to mm. share her chart, but I'm like, no, we gotta talk no, about let's that. let's talk about my chart. I just want you guys to know Jenny's chart in case you're really into astrology and you want to use this as, like, some data to analyze birth charts or something, but here we go. Jenny has a Virgo sun, Sagittarius rising, Aquarius moon. Is it? Yes. <laughs> It's a Leo Mercury? Yes. Yeah. Leo Mercury, Leo Venus, and a Scorpio Mars. Take from that what you shall take from that. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to give you the context. But yeah, um, and so speaking of her birth chart, I thought that we would be two really balanced charts to talk about the relationship between platonic relationships and romantic relationships. Any opening thoughts? <sighs> Just a more <laughs> verbal sigh. I already sighed, but in case y'all listeners didn't hear it, I'll sigh again. <sighs> I do have to agree, though. That yeah. is a sighing topic. Yeah. It takes a lot out of me. I think about it often. Still don't understand it. Okay. Out of all of your relationships, how many would you consider purely platonic, and how many would you say have Ooh. a romantic undertone? Well, I do think that all the women in my life are genuinely platonic, and this is why I'm afraid of my bisexuality. (laughs) Anybody find that relatable? I know you do. Don't lie. You're relating to her right now. Like, I let all the women in through the friendship hole, and it's a fucking, (laughs) it's a fantastic hole. I love that hole. I love my friends so much. It's such a beautiful place. Um, And I would say every single male friendship has an undertone. That's what I'd say. You are so heteronormative. It is disgusting. (laughs) Grow up, Jenny. (laughs) I was not friends with any boys as a child. My entire, up until 18, I really don't think I formed a real friendship with a man. But by 18, I was also being sexual. So they only entered into my life post-sexual exploration. Women have been in my life my whole life. That's why I am where I am. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah. I have not been friends with men often in my life. Mm -hmm. Pretty rarely. Mm -hmm. And my sexual journey started really early in life. Like, uncomfortably early. Like, let's see a therapist about that early, you know? In the early phases of my sexuality, it was always with women. Yeah. Because I hooked up with a woman for the first time when I was, like, 13. Mm -hmm. I hooked up with a man for the first time when I was, like, 19. You Mm. know what I mean? Okay. And I would say to this day, I've only had really, other than my brothers, one, no, two male friends. Okay. 
a, I don't know why I said that. Just a little comparison. Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't had a ton. Wait, how many male friends have you had that you didn't end up fucking? No, that's the thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, I'm, be- I'm down to one again. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the thing. Is that they all begin as, like, romantic or sexual. Only because when we enter into relationship, I'm like, oh... I'm open to whatever is going to happen here, and we will explore together and try all of the things until we land upon the one that is suited for us. In my experience, hearing about your experiences, yes, the intimacy door is one door. It is not multiple doors. So when you share your feelings with a man, you can share anything with a man. Uh, what do you mean by one door? For me, I have multiple doors for intimacy. Like, you can walk through the cuddling door, mm-hmm. and I will never kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Really, really. Like, it's pretty clear lines for me. There's just no lines for me. There's no boundaries. What is There's- that? What, what chart placement is that that makes me have very clear lines? Well, okay, I wouldn't say emotionally I have clear lines. I would say physically I have clear lines. Like, whether or not I think about something is very different from whether or not I do it. I just find every outcome to be the same. Anything can happen, and it will feel the same to me. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) It will feel so wildly different to me what happens that night. I will think about it for weeks and months and years. It's just like, whatever happens, though, was the journey that I was supposed to take and I'm learning something or I'm enjoying something or it's a new experience. It's always a new experience. I live for that. I think I know what it is. It's the rising. It's the rising. Because <laughs> my Libra's like, I don't really care, but I really fucking care. Mm. And the Sagittarius is like, no, I, I really don't care. Please stop bringing it up. I do not give a fuck. <laughs> hmm. You think Libra cares like that? Okay, seventh house, though? Like, partnerships? Okay. Like, okay. Here's the thing about Libra. Check this out, right? So, you said earlier Libra's one of the hottest signs, right? Yes. Rising especially. Correct. But at what cost? At the cost of romance. I don't care to look good for people I'm only going to hook up with one time. I care to look good for my soulmate. If you see me dressing up, like putting the effort in to go out, it's because maybe I might meet my soulmate. Which is probably why I look like shit all the time, because I don't really care right now. <laughs> hmm. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're a Sagittarius rising, so it's like, I'm going to look good because I want to look good. Right. And when I say soulmate, I don't just mean a romantic soulmate. I mean a platonic soulmate as well. I just, okay. I only care about attracting people who I can have really deep, vulnerable, intimate conversations with. I don't want to have a light-hearted, like, not very vulnerable conversation just to hook up with someone. Like, I don't want to do that, you know what I mean? Of course. You know what I mean? Seventh house. Libra is ruled by the seventh house. Yeah, I don't think I know about the seventh house. You're the ninth house. That's education. Oh, you I'm just want to know. Well, Sagittarius is. Oh, okay. So, like, you education. just want to know what's going on. Oh, that's sweet. I do. I do want to know the deepest depth of everything, and I didn't know that this the rising was playing a part in yeah, that Yeah, you're well. like, I've never hooked up with someone from this decade. Exactly. Let's try that out. <laughs> decade. You 
you know all of the Pluto signs? I'm catching them all. <laughs> Me? I want to try every sign. You like, no, Pluto's where it at. <laughs> you got to try the Plutos, girl. I don't think anyone I've ever been with has been outside of the Taurus Aries. Um, wait, what? No, what's my Pluto? I don't even fucking Pluto, know. Pluto is Sagittarius. 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 So we're never... talking generations. We're talking yeah. the Scorpio. Have you had Scorpio Pluto? <laughs> <laughs> How old have I gone? Oh, good lord. Mom, if you're listening, put the headphones down. <laughs> like, it's just not... Wait, you don't have a crazy answer for this. No, 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 no. I don't have a crazy answer, but my mom doesn't like hearing about my sex life. Oh, okay. Just in general. She doesn't care how old they are. sorry, Jessica. Sorry, Jessica. Let me just check one person real quick, and then I'll tell you. No, everyone I've ever been with has been a Pluto and Sagittarius. Crazy. That's so crazy that you, like, fuck people your age. You weirdo. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about, Jenny? You're crazy. You are the outlier. <laughs> You're gaslighting me right now to think I'm weird. Yeah, no, I'm definitely weird. I'm happy about that. I know. I am too, because when I hear your stories, I'm like, I would never do that, but I'm so glad to hear about it. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy hearing about it. I don't it. listen to audiobooks. I just listen to Jenny's voice memos, and it's like Fifty Shades of Grey, but like a version I'd want to listen to. Wow, that's crazy. You just characterized me so sexually, but I feel so, I feel so not. Okay, interesting. Let's get on this topic mm-hmm. because this is an aspect of it. So we talked about like, you know, some of your friends, it's purely platonic. You know that. And one of, since I only, I mostly have female friends, I just call it the sisterhood. Yes. Those are the sisters. Oh, yes. And then there are the people who, well, obviously, since, you know, I prefer women, I just call them the homoerotic friendships. <laughs> yeah. The way that you perceive someone as a sexual being has so much to do with your ability to see them as purely platonic or Mm. a little erotic. True. Because, like, for you, the first, like, I don't know, five to six years of our friendship, it was so, like, not a sexual being. Yes. How do you feel about your personal information being on the internet? Like, I need to know what bring- details to bring up. I'm down for everything right now. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Well, let's not drop any names. Let's okay, not. No, 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 no. No <laughs> names. No names. Like I said before, like, I hooked up with someone for the first time at 13. Yeah. You did so at, like, 18. 17, yeah. 17. And we were friends. So for four years, I was hooking up with several different people all the time. Living that water Venus life while I was just, like. And you were just, like. A virgin. Yeah. Like, it's... Right now, it's crazy to imagine you as a virgin. But, like, at the time, (laughs) that was my frame of reference was, like, Jenny just doesn't... Like, you're not a sexual person to me because you just never had any sexual experiences. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. I've been having them for what felt like a really long time. Yeah. But that changed really quickly. Not when you lost your virginity, it did not change. Because you were very, like, that was bad, but (laughs) I did it, okay? I finally did it. I got it over with! (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until I think you moved to, like, you moved away. Like, you, we dropped out of college and you moved away. Okay. And I think you just started to, like, open yourself up. And I think it was because maybe it was more, like, people you didn't know as well. And I was like, how do you do that? You know? Mm. Because everyone I've ever hooked up that I didn't know that well was from Tinder. But you were like, I met this dude at a bar and I was like, what do you like? I want to know more. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think I've done a Tinder hookup in my life or a dating app in any way. 
I guess you're just referring to like the situations I attract. I kind of just, I just chase experiences and I say yes to a lot of things and I end up in interesting situations. Since you moved away from your hometown, it's been incredibly hard to keep up with the names of every character in your life. Many characters. Yeah, there's so many characters. Many side plots. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, some of them are like, a couple weeks long some of them are a couple of months some of them i've had to hold on to since you moved out you know what i mean like it's just like there's so much going on yeah and for like you know there are five people in my life and Mm. that's the sisterhood so like there's (laughs) nothing like complicated to think about you know Mm. my ability to perceive people as a sexual being shifts over time and it doesn't really have anything to do with our interpersonal relationship it's more like their their vulnerability and sharing their intimacy with other people with me Mm, okay do you think i'm vulnerable with it i don't know if you're vulnerable or you just like know that i'm not going to judge you and that you can tell me anything give me the dirty grimy details of every situation (laughs) what you're basically saying is that the concept of vulnerability is negated within our relationship we already know it's just so comfortable that it's not even a concept okay You have given me a really good point that I want to shed some light on. I'll give you two examples. There's you, and then there's this other friend I have. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to name. So with you, I perceived you as a not-sexual person because you weren't having sex. And then you started, and you were getting more comfortable with it, and then I perceived you as a sexual person when I felt like you were going out there and doing it because you enjoyed it. Okay. I have another friend who was a sexual person when I met them, okay. but just never talked about it. And okay. I didn't perceive them as a sexual person until very recently when they started opening up to me about it. And I was like, it's so insane to me that you are a sexual being because you've never shared it with me, even though mm. it was happening. Oh, I see. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, that is different. It is different. <laughs> it's crazy how some friends hearing about their sex life is like listening to your mom talk about her sex life. And now some friends, it's like so normal and i'm like tell me the dirty disgusting like you know like okay no see that's an interesting perspective because i don't think i have any friends where i'm like "Mm, no mom stop if i told you in detail a sexual experience i had right now you would not feel that way no not at all you would just be chilling yeah really yeah was it always like that? Because I know that since I've met you, I was already doing that. So um, you've known me as a sexual being since we first became friends. I think I have always felt that way. I do think I've gotten some energy relating to these topics with you that's like a little uncomfortable about talking about it. Like what? Like what? I don't know. Just like, I just feel like sometimes you don't want to go to certain sexual places. Like, I don't think we really, we don't get detailed we never get detailed. We just conceptually talk about our sexual experiences, but we're not, like, describing imagery, and we're just like, this is what I learned from this experience. This is how it felt. This was the situation leading up to it. These are their demographics. <laughs> this is their sign, and this is my rating yes, on a scale of one exactly, the signs. The we're talking stars. more about the signs than we are anything. So if I were to go into extreme detail, would that gross you out? No. Really? No. That's crazy. We're sisters, man. That's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's because, like, my friends haven't been very vulnerable with me about it. Like, details. No one tells me any details. They're just like, man, I had good sex last night. Do you want more details? (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know. I guess that's why I don't really ask for it, because I'm like, you don't have to go into detail, but I think that my initial response is to give, like, a lot of details. You know what I mean? And just so you know, there are friend groups of people who go in detail about it, and I think that's what... It's kind of like seeing other people go so in detail. I'm like, why don't my friends and I do that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, honestly, that isn't the most interesting part of the sexual experience to me. Mine or anyone else's. I think it's how I met that person. That really, I'm like... Guess how I found this person that I just hooked up with last night. I, too, am more interested in the interactions that led up to sex, the context that would create a sexual experience, and the birth chart. That sounds so fan fiction to me. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like, guess what this plot was? So fucking hot, man. Yeah, it's just plots. Okay, what's a plot that you haven't experienced in a sexual relationship that you would want to in the future? I would like to do more things outside. (laughs) I'd like to be on a hike and I run into a bearded man and just... And we find a rock. Hmm. I don't know if I could... I don't know if I could get excited by a stranger like that, but... So you have to go on a hike with a man for the purpose of doing that. I keep saying a man. I'm not trying to heteronormative you. No, it's okay. It's just... I can't imagine I have a lot you, to like, work through. Yeah, I can't even imagine you hooking up with a woman in a bed, let alone on a rock or a tree. I know, it's gonna take some time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking, honestly, how... I was thinking about the way that men in my life feel about me versus the way that women in my life feel about me, and I really just think I'm just not as attractive to women as I am to men. I feel the exact opposite. Well... That would make sense. <laughs> I just feel like with how masculine my emotions are, women are like, mm, that's scary. I'm going to go protect myself. As you should, queen. <laughs> <laughs> protect yourself from me. Okay, but to be... F- Wait. Do you, think, do you think of me as feminine or masculine? Um... You're just, like, in very in-between space to me. I'm not bad now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's always how it's felt. Because I was thinking, like, that women are attracted to the masculine in me, but men are, like, you're too masculine for me. And the only yeah. difference is our fucking haircut, so what's going on here? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess, well, it's hard to not make this just about astrology, but I'll just say, I think in love, you are very feminine in the way you love, but you do feel sexually more masculine to me than myself. And I think I'm more masculine in the way that I love. You're I'm, right. I'm a little feminine. You're I'm right. Where you got that switched. Yeah. Yeah. I like mine better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, feminine love just sounds better. The other interesting thing is that I think stereotypically we'd perceive me being the masculine person sexually as being like more of the hoe when I'm single right? and you the opposite but it's actually the opposite like I feel like you're more capable of hooking up with people as that feminine sexual energy than I am well I go in waves where I am currently is I do not want to fall in love if I'm actually attracted to someone I do not hook up with them <laughs> and if I'm not free game what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm definitely the opposite. This is really not the ideal. I mean, me a year ago, I was very much 
I'm only going to be hooking up with deep soul connections and this is all I want. I was chilling, not having sex for a while. I don't know, manic Chicago summer, baby. You know? <laughs> the sun comes out, my nips get hard. Yep. <laughs> it would be kind of amazing to me if I was ever capable of experiencing a hoe face. Like, it would have to be like, I have an intimate relationship with this person, even if we're not actually in a relationship. I get kind of deeply involved in everyone. There are no one-time hookups ever. Even if I'm not attracted to them, I'm still invested in them. It's boring to me if I don't have any personality information on someone. I don't like sex enough to just hook up with a, a face and a body. I'm only doing it to connect deeper with someone. If you met someone and you wanted them in your life long term, that's a platonic relationship. Probably. Unless they happen to be one of these cool people who can be friends with their exes because then we can do anything we can explore anything and everything anything can happen and we can still feel comfortable in the love staying the same i don't think i've ever met anyone like that are they real i believe that i am real (laughs) (laughs) i am the living embodiment (laughs) i don't really get the opportunity to execute this all the time is flirting cheating let's talk about it (laughs) that was sensual (laughs) stop trying to make the listeners horny jenny is flirting cheating is flirting in a monogamous relationship in a monogamous relationship let's count down from three and say our answers three (laughs) two one yes maybe (laughs) you know what i like maybe i don't even like the certainty of yes But usually. Here's my thought process. First and foremost, in any conflict that can exist in a romantic relationship, the thing is, why didn't y'all talk about it? Because you're going to date different people and different people are going to have different boundaries about it. Yes, this should be talked about. I guess I'm, I'm kind of coming at it with the perspective that this has already been talked about and you're doing it. I think it's an overwhelming majority of relationships that don't actually have those conversations at the beginning and end up forming those boundaries only when a situation occurs. Mm. It's true. It's hard to even think about it when you're in love, all the ways that it can go wrong until it happens. Exactly, because in the honeymoon phase, you're not like, one day this person's going to flirt with someone who's not me and that's going to piss me off, so let's talk about it now. You're like, we're so obsessed with each other, I can never even imagine that happening. Dive into your answer. Oh, God. (laughs) Why do I have to go first? I can go first. Wait, what is flirting by definition? I think we should describe that I don't know. Because... (laughs) Because I was like, wait, you got a lot to say, and I don't even know what you count as flirting. This is a really good definition that we should set in place. And, yeah, let's get down to this first, because honestly... I have one. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You're like, please cut me off. I was just going to go on and... I think flirting is communicating to another person with sexual undertones to allow that person to conclude that you are sexually attracted to them. I love that definition. Thank you. Thank you. you. Excellent definition. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Off to a great start. Okay. (laughs) We are doing this. (laughs) Okay. That is excellent because... That's exactly what I wanted to dive into is, you know, some people, and I think I am one of these people, 
I have a Leo Mercury. I mm-hmm. People perceive me as flirting, I think, all the time. But you know what? I'm never flirting with anyone. I'm just talking. It's like that post that says, I'm not flirting with you. I'm hot and I'm talking. It is that. Yeah. It is that. In the hypothetical situation we're talking about, whether or not it's okay. Because obviously if you set boundaries that it's okay, then why we don't need to fucking discuss that. Right. Like, you did that. This is not who we're dealing with yeah. right now. Yeah. But if you know that you're in a monogamous relationship with someone and that person doesn't want you to treat anyone in that, in a sexual tone that, mm-hmm. you know, that's just reserved for them. Yeah. And you've agreed upon that. We've t- You've talked about it, you yeah. know. Is flirting cheating? Well, I guess that's why my answer was maybe. So then in that case, it's like, the right. answer is yes. Yeah. Can you talk to people with a sexual undertone to what you're saying, allowing them to know that you're attractive without wanting to act on it? Just to say it. I think you can do that. But I think there still lies an issue in being in a monogamous relationship and doing that to someone else, giving them the sexual energy that tells them that. You are giving that energy to that person regardless. They can do with it what they wish. They're going to extrapolate what they're going to from it regardless of your intention because if you already gave them the energy that there's sexual energy here it's there yeah the most in love i've ever been in my life i was like tunnel vision on that person like i you couldn't like you could show me the hottest girl in the world and i'd be like what yeah she woman why do i care exactly and this is the love i'm always striving for because this is how i you want someone to have tunnel vision about you yes Will you have tunnel vision about them in return? 100%. Wow. Okay. I had tunnel vision in my one real relationship. That's true. You did. did. Okay, I have a question. Oh, fuck. Such a hard question to ask. So, kind of on the topic. Yeah. If you flirt with a friend who you've established platonic boundaries with, are you crossing a boundary? Because it's kind of similar. You know, like, you've set a boundary, and then... You change your feelings, like, in this circumstance, whatever it is, and now you're crossing that boundary. Are you asking me if it's crossing a boundary? What are you asking yeah, me? Yeah, I mean, is it crossing the boundary? Like, I mean, if there's wrong, a boundary and we're it, crossing the boundary. Yeah, is it wrong, though? Oh. Well, if it's mutual, it's not wrong. But if it's not mutual, then yes, it is. But, like, with th- delusion is too easy. It's too easy to convince yourself that if you want something, you can get it because that other person wants it as well. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I'm not pushing for shit, especially in a situation like that. So you mean like it's okay if you say it and you let it go and you have no expectations of the response, but it's not okay if you do have expectations of the response and like you want that energy back. Probably. I think it always comes down to expectations. Yeah. I've had some friends that maybe... I don't even know. I might be exaggerating when I say some. It may be one that I'm thinking of. I know that I've had a friend casually ask me if I wanted to have sex. And I was like, hmm, no, I'm good. And then we continue talking and it's cool. And everything is the same. And I really love that. I love that it could just be a question and we don't have to be weird. I love that as a concept. Yes. But there's another aspect of me that's like, that is a horrifying situation. I did get tired of it, I'll say. The first time it happened, I was like, wow, I love us. And I love the way that we just whoop-de-whoop, just... Yeah, and then the next time you were like, I thought we talked about this at the last meeting. Exactly. It was like, oh, well, 
you're actually like a brother now and it makes me uncomfortable that you would want to take our relationship to that place at this point yeah like this is incest man grow up what the hell this is illegal yes (laughs) yes that's an interesting one because it's almost a parallel but it's also not at the same time parallel of what of like the romantic and flirting with someone like because you're crossing a boundary with with someone that you set a boundary with but like what is the detriment of it i mean to be honest i don't really set that many boundaries there's very few instances where i'm like so we are friends or we are sexual or romantic it's very much just like we always flow I, um, I tend to get in some vague situations sometimes. Vague situations drive me fucking nuts. It drives me bananas, man. Like, I need people to spell it out for me. Or I'm just, like, every given day I have a different feeling. There are pros and cons to the vague. I find so much beauty in the vagueness that allows for no expectations. It's like, we're gonna hang out. Nothing is defined. We have love for each other. Anything can happen, and I will be fine with any outcome, and it will be the exact same the next time I see you. And I think that's wonderful. I think when I start to have a desire that it goes a specific way, then it starts to stress me out a little bit. So expectations are the problem. They're always the problem. God damn, every time. Fucking expectations. If you have expectations, lose them. (laughs) <laughs> let him go don't talk to me about him <laughs> not interested sister how comfortable do you feel trusting your intuition about the way another person feels about you or the kind of steps that they want to take with you i feel actually extremely confident in hindsight looking back on what my intuition was it is always right But in the moment, time after time, I will not trust it as fact because it isn't fact. It's just feeling. I feel it as truth, but I will always hold space for the benefit of the doubt or the the fact that something else may be reality. So I don't act upon the intuition necessarily because of that. You know what it is? (laughs) (laughs) What? When our two brain cells collide <laughs> and we finally get it going at the same time. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think that maybe I always have been right, but that doesn't, being right doesn't indicate whether or not someone acts on that. That's, that is very true. Because here's the thing, I'm not afraid to tell myself that it's just not there, you know? As a Libra rising, I want validation by any means necessary, mm. but if I don't feel it, I'm not going to push it. I'm yeah. just going to be like, oh, thank God a friendship. Because... The seventh house isn't just romantic relationships, like, I think platonic are equal to those, and I really value my platonic relationships, so it's like a win-win situation, really. Actually, it's still a win-lose, because if it's romantic, you might not have them long-term, so that's almost, like, preferable, is that whatever I do think at the beginning, it's not right. Also, might I add, I almost crush on all of my friends at the very beginning, which I think is just a Venus and Pisces thing. It is. I'm not really good at differentiating between, like, I feel a friend crush for you, like, I want to be your friend so bad, and, like, oh, I just have a flat-out crush on you. And so I think every friendship that I have to date has, at one point or another, like, had a crush that I've had on that person. And I tell my friends this. I'm super open about my friends with this. Because I would rather be open and honest with them and, like, create that 
trust for a long-term relationship than be like what no I never ever thought you were hot ever (laughs) (laughs) like they just know I'm lying yeah but I think that creates a trust as well but also it's like when I do look in retrospect it's like I didn't even have a romantic crush I had a friend crush and I just feel it so strongly because of my Pisces Venus that I like think that's what it is and I just act like it is yeah because like I mean you remember in high school I used to make playlists exclusively for girls I had a crush on Mm -hmm. and then eventually I was like how have I never made a playlist for like a platonic soulmate but I've made it for all these girls that I don't even talk to anymore yeah and I leave it up just in case they want to listen to it ever again. It's like, girl, just delete the po- d- delete the playlist. Come on. That's so funny. But like, no, but I love that you do that. That's like, that's that Aquarius magic in you. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I listened to playlists from like years ago to like channel that energy. So I wouldn't want to take that away from someone. Yeah. Also, I have a really good taste in music, and you you know, would you consider yourself monogamous? Currently in my life, I feel that I would be open to so many different forms of relationships. Um, Monogamous, polyamorous, open, whatever. However, I do have this feeling that there is one romantic soulmate. If there is one at all, there could also be none. But I think if there is, there's one. And I only see a long-term relationship as being a monogamous one i can be polyamorous i can be open but that's me like playing around in my 20s i don't think that's true for everyone but that's just how i feel that it would be for me so i've been noticing a lot of people are exploring polyamory Mm -hmm. and i saw a tiktok today that said that in western society the prioritization of romantic relationships is because we believe that our romantic partners should be the sole responsibility like of our emotional conflict you know and that we should rely on them for almost everything see that disgusts me yeah and i feel like you wouldn't i get the concept of a polyamorous relationship and i'm so open-minded to it but at the same time i think i'm really good at monogamy and if i had the friendship that i hoped to have with my friends I would be getting love in all directions. Like, I cannot emphasize the Pisces Venus enough. Like, I could I could worship someone for my yeah. whole life. For yeah. the next 50 years, I could worship someone and have tunnel vision on them. So, there is a part of me that's really open-minded as an Aquarius to loving multiple people. But, like, yeah. my best version of myself as a romantic individual would be, like, for one person. Yeah. I feel that also. I have a lot of love to give to many people in many different ways. And I think really what me exploring open or polyamory would be would just, it would be, it would be an experiment. I, I really would just enjoy playing and uh, learning about trust and honesty and really open communication about attraction to other people and... That next level of intimacy that I think would be broken down by all those conversations with, like, a a main partner or however it would be done. <laughs> Just the way that I am as a person, I think I would have feelings for one of them stronger. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine I would feel perfectly equal about every person. I don't know that I can exist in a, dan- in a dynamic where it's not perfectly even. Like, I would be, like, jealous or, like feel rejected Mm. which is my own personal problem i know that but 
the other thing is like it's just that aspect of like what a platonic relationship could be versus the way that western society perceives the value of platonic relationships because like i know that i desperately when i you know have some kids when i'm older like that just feels like a key part of my experience but the other aspect of that is like i have a lot of friends who don't want to have kids but also are like excited for me and my desire to have them and that always makes me think like man these kids are gonna have so many aunts man (laughs) they're gonna just have they're gonna be like i'm gonna go to chicago i'm gonna go to la like i'm gonna go to atlanta and just visit my aunt whoever Mm -hmm. and i like that idea i like the idea of having like that many adults as a child that you can rely on and talk to i love that too especially because i'm not like so hot on the uh genetic family i'm rocking with Mm. but i love my friend family and i would love for that to be what my child grows up in i get to handpick all these awesome people that they're exposed to it sounds amazing exactly so in that way it's also like we rely on just two people to raise kids and that's insane like yeah you have more than two kids you're fucking outnumbered (laughs) like yeah i don't want to like i just want them to have a support network that's big enough and like i think that crosses a lot of boundaries that we've created about romantic versus platonic relationships that it's just like what are we still doing that for i feel like everything with you just leads back to like living on a commune I think so, too. Yeah. And I think when it really comes down to it, I'm in charge. Yes, of course. We knew this. <laughs> no, it's the way that, like, all of my friends are like, so when are you starting that commune? Because my lease is ending, and I just don't really want to move somewhere again. And I'm like, God damn it, I'm putting it together. The only thing is, like, I am a germaphobe, and every commune I've ever heard of is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of. I'm paranoid. It's, it's like, not normal germophobia. It's, like, OCD, where it's, like, specific things bother the fuck out of me. Okay, give me some. Lay it on me. Okay, so today I went to Walmart with my brothers, mm-hmm. and I bought those chips, right? Yeah. And Sawyer's, like, as soon as we get in the car, he's, like, give them to me. I want to eat them. Sir, you have Walmart hands. Don't oh. put your goddamn hand in my bag. I mean, it disturbs me for Sawyer that he would be willing to eat the potato chips off his Walmart hands. Exactly. But I mean, some people alone, don't think about let that. Let alone someone else's Walmart Oh, hands. I have an even better example for you because Wyatt and I got into it about this. So every single day I make myself an ice water first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and we have this ice cube tray and I go in this morning and I'm like, what the fuck? Because there is a box of Hot Pockets on... <laughs> on the ice cube tray touching the cubes and so I said like I open it and I go what the fuck man and when it's like what's the problem and I'm like that box was in a factory Mm -hmm. it was in a delivery truck Mm -hmm. and it was in a store Mm -hmm. someone may have picked it up thinking they wanted to buy it and then said no I'm not gonna eat Hot Pockets I'm trying to be healthier and put it back down even without that factor there's been so many hands so many and it's like my cubes you know like I was so mad because I can't instantaneously make new ice cubes so yeah I drank the Hot Pocket ice cube (laughs) water but like that bothers me and why it was like it's all in your head like you're paranoid I feel that. Well, I don't think germs can really survive in a freezer, actually. 
in that way. It's the thought. It's the thought, of course. That would disturb me as well, yes. So my point is, I've read plenty of books about, like, cults and whatnot. Yeah. And it's always fucking disgusting, you know? Like, I don't... I I know this is going to sound so rude, but, like, we can still wash our hair and clean the kitchen after we make food. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I would love some, like... I just love, like, a hippie with some Virgo placements. Yeah. (laughs) Or Six House. Like, my moon is in my Six House. My Venus is in my Six House. They're like, okay, we got to, like, optimize the health here. Yeah. Because I'll run away. I'll abandon the commune I started if shit gets dirty. Yeah. If I were to tell you that I got into another long-term relationship, what would you say? I mean, you say it like it's going to be that abrupt. Like, I'm not going to have the play-by-play. I, you, it does depend. Because there are these few instances, certain birth charts that are going to get me excited. But for the most part, I'm not in support of this. So I already know who in my life you would be okay with that happening with. Yes, I expressed this today. <laughs> Inside secrets. <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about. Me, when I'm on my podcast, just gatekeeping my personal life. Like, how can I say this in the most... That's a Scorpio Mars thing. How can I say this in the most generic way without anyone knowing what I'm talking about? Oh, man, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. I know, I know, because we both have it. <laughs> I like to... I love to communicate things without opinions if I can. Just be as factual as possible. Yeah. Like, someone tells you something dumb they did, and you're just like, wow, what an experience. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Experience is a neutral term. I think neutrality is the ultimate form of spirituality. It is. It is. Neutrality is so sexy. Libra energy is so sexy. I love the valuing of all opinions. Also, it's like, when you're neutral, you don't go crazy on conspiracy theories. Because on both ends of the spectrum, there are people that just fucking piss me off. Like, Because it's like, if you go left or right politically... You get to some crazy bitch who's like, the government is out to get us, the Illuminati. Like, you live like this? Mm -hmm. You live in this dirt of a mind? Clean it up. Clean your room and your mind. Like, no one is out to get you. Yeah. You know? And I think a neutral perspective of the world manifests whatever you really want. Yes. Well, opinions really muddy things up. Do you ever get the ick about, like, the most basic things someone can say? Just, like, one sentence they say and it's, like, truly an ick for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially just, like, a man trying to have sex with me or something. <laughs> I mean, that happens very quickly. I I really know what I'm looking for when it comes to men. This is, like, also why they're so easy for me. I was at the gym the other day and this man, 40-something, came up to me, not attractive in any way. He came up to me as I'm getting in the elevator, so then we go in the elevator together, we go up to the parking garage together. He's saying, I haven't seen you at La Fitness before. It's LA Fitness, by the way. He's trying to be cute. And I was like, oh, you know, I've been going to this other gym lately. It's in McKinley Park. And he's like, oh, the south side? You keep a you keep a pistol strapped on you? Oh. <laughs> ick immediately like i was like all right calm down like we get it your mom made you a pb and j and wrote you a nice little (laughs) note with every lunch that you ever had in your whole life and you've always walked in a neighborhood where you never had to worry about anything because you were too busy looking at the flowers and every you know well polished yeah i could go on and on it's just so so fearful and racist and i also i think i get the ick too when when someone 
like in the first few sentences of speaking to me is communicating a lot of opinions that are negative like whoa whoa, whoa. you're making all these assumptions that i'm gonna agree with your negative shit he made a lot of mistakes all right well i think we covered a lot of ground yeah really opinionated usually i try to teach something i think we're- i'm disgusted by the way i've spoken in this podcast <laughs> um if you heard this podcast no you didn't okay <laughs> erase it from your mind we we're just having a little giggle moment yeah i mean i think the thing is we're like being authentic this is like how we talk to one another yes this is like the core of any desire I've ever had to make a podcast is like the conversations that Jenny and I had when we were like 18, 19. And it would be like, we have school tomorrow, but we don't care. We'd have like an 8 a.m. and it'd be like midnight and we'd be like, and you know what else I think about the universe? <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like I'm just really honest when I'm around you. So, yeah, I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. I don't like being vulnerable on the Internet, but like. When someone matches my energy, I can take it up a notch. I feel that because I, I sometimes I desire to be kind of unhinged, like on my close friend yeah. story or something. Maybe talk about certain experiences I have with people and just laugh with my favorite people about yeah. it. But uh, I'm not quite ready to do that alone. But I'm I've been fairly unhinged here. Yeah, because it's almost like if you're sitting in a room alone, what I've noticed is that that's when I'm the most educational in my episodes because it's, like, not embarrassing, but, like, why am I sitting alone in my room talking about, like, deeply personal information into a microphone? What value am I providing right now? Yeah. Yeah. So mostly I hope you laughed. And I hope maybe you thought, but you don't have to think. You could just giggle, you know? Yeah, I just... I would be happy with a giggle. I don't know what made us think we were the authority to talk about this. No. Because I felt like we had some good ideas. And then when we were talking, I was like, maybe we're just two people talking about an oh, opinion. Yeah, that's exactly what we are. We are no authority. Anyways, that's all for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed and had a few giggles. And I really appreciate you for, you know, coming to this episode and just listening to us ramble about whatever was on our mind. I will see you in the next episode, and that's it. So, goodbye.